don't be afraid to pivot just because, you know, maybe you had one idea in mind and it didn't go your way doesn't mean that, you know, you're going towards failure. Hello world and welcome to Her Royal Science. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. Today, we will be chatting with Dr. Anna Ampa, a provost postdoctoral fellow at the University of Toronto. She previously completed her bachelor's in biopharmaceutical science at the University of Ottawa, her master's in chemistry at Dalhousie University, and her PhD in chemistry at the University of Ottawa. Dr. Ampa is also the founder and executive director for the nonprofit Empowering Female Minds in STEM, or EFEMS. I'm super excited to chat with Dr. Ampa today about her ongoing studies in cancer research and to learn more about her nonprofit. But let's start from the very beginning. Dr. Ampa, what's your story? First of all, I just want to say thank you so much, Dr. Bashir, for having me on here. I'm very excited to share my story and uh, a little bit about myself. So uh, to start off, I would say that um, we'll start with, with when I was younger, mm-hmm. I guess, and just kind of work up to where I am now. Um, so when I was younger, I was one of those kids that I had no idea what I wanted to do. There's a lot of people <laughs> that, you know, they're born and they automatically know what it is they want to do for the rest of their life. But as for me, I was bouncing between careers. So first I wanted to be a lawyer, then I wanted to be a policewoman, then I wanted Ooh. to be a singer, then I wanted to be a backup dancer. Meanwhile, I, I can't do either. <laughs> But it was a dream of mine. (laughs) And yeah, so I just um, had a lot of things like I just found a lot of things very interesting um, when I was younger. And so Mm -hmm. going through school, I was always a really good student. So always got good grades. um, And I think that I would owe that to having an older sister who I looked up to quite a lot. So um, we were only two years apart. Mm -hmm. And every time she would learn something, I would want to learn something. Um, And so whenever she would read or when she learned to read, rather, um, I learned to read. So I learned to read at a very early age, about two years old. I could read Mm. just I can go through books after books after books. Um, And so actually because of that, I was pushed ahead in grade one to um, grade three. So I skipped grade two because I was so ahead of the class because when my sister would do her homework, I would do her homework with her. (laughs) Um, and so going through school, I never really had um, a tough time, you know, mm-hmm. doing different subjects. But um, the one thing that I would say was challenging was deciding what I wanted to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so going through um, high school, I did pick up an interest for science. And I thought science was very interesting. Um I was very curious about things when it came to science and in terms of, you know, which subject I did the best in, it was chemistry and chemistry was just something that always came easy to me and I found it interesting as well. So after um, I finished high school, then, you know, that's when you have to kind of decide, okay, what university are you going to, what program do you want to do? Because this is going to like prepare you for your whole life. (laughs) And um, I still at that point didn't know what I wanted to do, was discussing it with my parents and, um, you know, African parents. Oh, why don't you be a doctor? Oh, why don't you be a lawyer, engineer? (laughs) (laughs) And you were like, no, no, thank you. Doctor was definitely a no for me just Mm. because of the lifestyle. I was Mm. not cut out for that. Like 
Yeah, it's not me. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom suggested a dentist because she was like, it's like a doctor. You yeah. know, you'll get the doctor title because, you know, titles. <laughs> That's all they want. <laughs> of course. They want to say, you know, my daughter is a doctor. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you know, you'll get the doctor title. Uh, but it's, you know, generally a nine to five mm-hmm. where, you know, you have your own practice and you're not uh, working overtime just generally. Right. And so. Um, I shadowed a dentist during my, um, I think it was during high school a little bit and kind of saw what they did. And I was like, you know what? I can maybe see myself doing that. Mm. So I went into undergrad thinking that I was going to be a dentist and did everything that, you know, I could do to prepare myself for dental school, you know, get really good grades, um, even do the DAT. So Mm. that's the uh, the entry test. It's like the MCAT, but for dental school. Yeah. Um, and so did the DAT. I scored fairly well on that and, you know, made sure I got good grades and everything. Um, after I finished or the year, sorry, my last year rather in undergrad, that's when I applied to dental school and, um, I applied to several schools in Canada, mm-hmm. but I had got no interviews, no acceptance, nothing. So mm-hmm. just pure rejection. And from that, that's when I had to reevaluate because, you know, you have this idea in your mind of what you're going to be and your path after undergrad, and then it doesn't happen. And so Mm -hmm. you sit there and you're like, okay, well, what am I going to do now? (laughs) So after undergrad, I kind of worked a little, um, actually, no, sorry, after undergrad, I didn't work. So I didn't find a job in my field, nothing. Mm -hmm. And then randomly talking to an uncle and he's like well why don't you just do your master's in a subject that you like that will prepare you or better your chances maybe of getting to dental school mm-hmm. so I knew I like chemistry so I went and did a master's in chemistry mm-hmm. and during that time um, that was probably my first time doing hands-on research and having my own research project rather because in undergrad you know you do research here and there um, but that was my own time like you know actually researching something And that's when my interest started to grow because I didn't know there was a whole world of researchers out there that could choose something that they found interesting in and build a career out of just researching that one thing. That's like, I've never, I never knew about that at all. So going into master's was a huge learning curve for sure. I didn't know anyone that was doing a master's in a science, didn't have really anyone to discuss, you know, how do I approach this? what do I even expect out of graduate school? So I kind of went in completely blind. Um, luckily, you know, within my my group, I had some people to help and support me along the way. Um, and I ended up graduating from my master's. I still wanted to be a dentist at that time. So mm-hmm. I, I did apply again, but I told myself this would be my last time applying. So I applied to all the schools that I could. Um, I did the DAT again. I scored really, really well. Mm-hmm. But again, I did not get accepted or anything so all of those doors were closed Mm. yeah and so that was very heartbreaking um for me because even though you know uh, research was interesting I didn't see a future for myself Mm. in research so after my master's then I just didn't really know what to do, especially with a master's degree in chemistry, because again, I didn't know anyone who did graduate school in a science. So like, what do you even do, you know, with a master's in chemistry? So I ended up, you know, picking up odd jobs here and there. Like I taught piano for a while. I tutored. Yeah. Yeah. And and so that was until I met up with one of my old supervisors. 
um, that was, or one of my old professors rather, that was, um, that taught me in undergrad, we had a conversation, he had an opening in his lab and he invited me to do a PhD. Mm. And at that point I was like, well, not really doing anything. So why not just do more education? (laughs) (laughs) And so it was from when I started my PhD, when I actually started to appreciate research, appreciate chemistry, um, and just really know that I'm here for a reason, you know, and my path directed me in this place for a reason. Um, And so, yeah, ever since that, I've just been, you know, doing research in the field that I'm in. (laughs) I'm wondering what the familial response was because families can be so so supportive in those moments when you're feeling a little distraught and you haven't gotten into the schools that you wanted to get into for your dentistry programs what was the family response to those situations yeah so my family was always very supportive good yeah so very supportive of of anything that I did Mm -hmm. so even though initially it was like oh why don't you be a doctor um, that, or sorry, a dentist, mm. that wasn't because, you know, they truly wanted me to be a doctor or a dentist, but it's just because they knew that I liked science. Mm. Right. And in their mind, if you like science, you go into you, your, your doctor. Yeah. Right. Because, um, just kind of back in their day and, you know, from the background that they're in, mm. you know, there's not a lot of people that do just, you know, research, in a specific science or are researchers. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was just kind of that lack of knowledge that you can create a, re- a career out of being a researcher. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, when I did decide to go on that path, they were very, very supportive. Yeah, you know, I'm so happy mm-hmm. to hear that. And I imagine they're excited about the work that you're doing now because it is so meaningful in the space of cancer research, if I yeah. remember correctly. Can we talk a little bit more about that work that you're doing? Yeah, definitely. So I I actually just entered this field. Uh, My PhD was slightly different. It was still chemistry, but um, I'm now in more of the medicinal chemistry space. And um, that's something that I'm really, really interested in. And so um, the one reason why I like medicinal chemistry is because it's still chemistry and you're still applying your chemistry knowledge but it's just um, a different application, right? And so now you're using um, all the knowledge that, you know, you've gathered, you know, going through masters and studying chemistry and different types of chemistry. You're now putting it together to make therapeutics for different diseases and different cancers. Um, And so that's exactly what I'm doing in my research now, um, where we're finding novel therapeutics for rare cancers. And one of the main cancers that we're looking at is fibrolamellar carcinoma. Okay. And so this is a rare type of uh, liver cancer Mm. that typically occurs in adolescents that are um, fairly young. Mm. And with this cancer, there's currently no therapeutics and it's, uh, and chemotherapy has a really poor response to chemotherapy as well. And also the only kind of treatment is liver resection. So getting the tumor removed, mm-hmm. but even with that, um, the cancer still reoccurs. It has a very high recurrence rate. Okay. Yeah. So right now we're just looking into finding different ways to, um, target that cancer. And there's been a lot of research in this field over the past few years. Mm. Um, and it's been found that, you know, there is a driver for this cancer, which is a specific type of mutation Mm. that fuses two proteins together. And so because of that discovery and because, you know, it's been kind of proven that this is the driver of the cancer, we're now trying to, um, target that protein with small molecules and um, see if we can um, stop the progression of the cancer by doing that. That's so exciting and so meaningful. 
Another part of your world that's also very meaningful is in the space of outreach. Yeah. What is the origin story behind empowering female minds in STEM? Yes. So eFEMS is like my baby. It's like my child that I I really just pride in. Um, So I started this nonprofit organization in 2020, and I started it in the midst of the pandemic when things were shut down. And um, because, you know, I was doing my PhD and we do hands-on research, I couldn't go into the lab as much. And so that's when I was able to kind of think about other things that are meaningful to me, other things that I would love to do with my life. And one thing that I've always wanted to do is to give back to my community. Um, Just because I feel like, you know, the experiences that I've been through, that you've been through, so many people can learn from it. It can make their lives a lot easier. And just looking back at my story, like I said, uh, when I was in my master's, I didn't know anyone that looked like me that was in my master's or doing a master's or doing graduate school in a science. Um, And it made my journey so much harder because I had to learn everything on my own, you know, even just, you know, what it is to write a grant. What does that even mean? Why do you need a grant? Those kind of things, you know, that when you get higher and higher in graduate school, like you just learn that kind of stuff. I just had to kind of learn on my own, you know, how to write a good research paper, how to kind of frame a research um, project. So all of those things I had to learn on my own and even what to expect in grad school, the types of jobs that you can get, um, just networking with people. I had to go out of my way and do it because I didn't have anyone that was ahead of me that could help me along the way. So with this organization, um, that's kind of what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to build a community, but specifically for African women that are on the continent of Africa, because there are a lot of initiatives here for, you know, women of color in Mm -hmm. STEM, and I'm part of a bunch of them and they've helped so much. Mm -hmm. But looking in, you know, the continent of Africa, you see that there's a lot of outreach programs to get women or to get girls rather interested Mm -hmm. in STEM, which is amazing because I think, you know, more girls should enter STEM. But once they do and they're at the undergrad level or the graduate level, who's there to help them or what's there to push them along the way Mm -hmm. Um, or even just to, you know, mentor them to kind of, you know, show them different job opportunities and everything. Like there's not a lot out there. So even though I don't live in Africa and I live, you know, in North America, um, I still think that, you know, just with me being able to cultivate this community and bringing people from their community to either mentor them or, you know, having scholarships that can help support their research, you know, having um, conferences that they can all come and present their research and network with each other and find out, okay, what is, um, this other STEMinist doing in their in their lab, you know, can we maybe collaborate and can we grow our research project together? So those things I love seeing, and I love seeing you know Black women help other Black women. So yeah. pretty much the main point is just to build a community and to do all these different initiatives that can really support um, African women at the undergrad and the graduate level to you know to thrive in STEM. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if there are any upcoming events that our listeners might be able to attend in the near future. Definitely. So we have this um, one event, and this is, I would say, our like 
major event that we do every single year. When I say every year, I mean since last year, since we just like, <laughs> we're still new, but <laughs> um, and so it's happening this November in Accra, Ghana. So it's November 17th to 19th and it's a boot camp. So we call it the FEMS boot camp, the Female Minds and STEM boot camp. Um, and it's going to be amazing. Like last year was amazing. This year is going to be absolutely amazing. So we have different workshops um, and all of these workshops are professional development workshops that we do. So these are things that you can't learn in school, you know, but rather we're having professionals come in and teach all of these skills that are so useful to different women um, in STEM to get jobs, to be competitive in the job market. Mm -hmm. So for example, one of the um, workshops that we have is social entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's kind of where STEM is moving because all of these discoveries that are happening in the lab, they could turn into social enterprises, you know, into businesses, into things that can get funding. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're trying to show that, you know, all of these research ideas that you're doing, you could generate income from it or you can make it into a business. So that workshop will be for that specifically. Um, we have another workshop on financial literacy too. So once you're making that money, once you make it big, what do you do with it? You know, what are... <laughs> because everyone's like, oh, I want to make money. Okay, great. But like, you need to, you know, treat your money well, mm -hmm. um, so that you can keep on making money in the future. So we thought that was something that was really important. And so we're having a workshop for that. Um, we're also having an intro to coding workshop. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And so coding is something that is taking over the world, right? And like the tech space is just expanding and growing so any little skill that you can get um, in terms of you know any technical skill that you can get any skill that you can learn in terms of how to code that would be useful in the job market so we have a workshop for that and so our last workshop is um, we're having a career coach come in mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so she's going to come in and um, just kind of share, you know, so the different things that you can do with a PhD, mm -hmm. um, because the one thing that I've realized since I've graduated is that the skills that you learn in your PhD are so transferable because you have your writing skills. You wrote a whole thesis. You know how to write <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> by the end of that. Um, you have presentation skills, speaking mm -hmm. skills, because you've done a ton of presentations, you know, mm -hmm. during your PhD. You have management skill, project management. You've crafted your whole research project. So all of these skills are transferable. So we're having a coach come in and kind of, you know, display that and show that, you know, all of these things that you learned during your PhD, here are the different things that you can do with it. And so that's one major thing that we also wanted to deliver. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I'm so impressed. I don't know if you could tell as I was listening to you speak, I was just like, yeah, she thought of everything. <laughs> like every single vantage point that you could have, you have it in this little program or this actually quite large program. And I'm excited mm -hmm. to see what ends up happening in November. You said November yes. this year in Accra. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you'd be able to also talk about your own movement in life. I know you have Ghanaian roots, but you've spent mm -hmm at least a considerable amount of time in Canada, including your entire tertiary education. So mm -hmm. through undergrad and doing your master's and your PhD and now doing your postdoc. And you've hopped around among a number of Canadian cities, mm -hmm. including Ottawa, um, Halifax, you went to Dalhousie, back to Ottawa, now you're in Toronto. Mm -hmm. 
for people who don't maybe know that much about Canada, because I do have more American listeners, I'm wondering if mm-hmm. you could speak to just the environment of being in all those different cities and the different vibes that you would get, be it attending graduate school or even undergrad in all of these different places. Mm-hmm. What were your experiences like? Yeah, so I'd say that my experiences everywhere were very good. Yeah. Um, all of these cities are are different for sure, but they're all very beautiful. So I started in, well, I didn't start, but I've been to Halifax. Um, I was actually born there, fun fact. Were you? That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So you were coming home in a sense. Exactly. Yeah. So that was actually very nice because just side note, um, I got to see my childhood home when I was in Halifax too. And one of my neighbors were still was still living there and she remembered me. It was really, yeah, it was really oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. But um, Halifax is a beautiful city, like mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful. If you're into nature, you will love Halifax because there's trees everywhere. You're right by the water, yeah. um, a lot of hiking trails and the winters aren't that bad, <laughs> which is nice. Yeah. But the only thing is um, I like the heat and mm-hmm. the summers aren't that warm. Yeah, so true. it's like that kind of mildish kind of temperature. Mm-hmm. But um, Halifax is beautiful. Um, it's definitely a university city. So there's mm-hmm. about three to four universities and colleges. I think there's four universities and colleges in just the city of Halifax. But in terms of, you know, advancing your career, what I found when I was there was there weren't a lot of opportunities, Mm -hmm. especially in science, unless you're doing marine science or um, anything along that, or even like agricultural science. I think like those two, you know, you can find a lot of work in, um, in Halifax, but Mm -hmm you know, like the physical sciences, there's not a lot of opportunities. And so even though my master's was great, you know, I learned a lot and I I liked the research I was doing. Um, I was definitely excited to move back home to Ottawa. (laughs) And that's where your parents were based at the time as well. Exactly. Yeah. And my family is still there. Yeah. So we can talk about Ottawa now. So (laughs) Ottawa, I would say is definitely bigger than Halifax, more diverse than Mm -hmm. Halifax. Um, but I wouldn't call it a big city. And I realized that when I moved to Toronto, but we'll get to Toronto. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. (laughs) But Ottawa is again, a beautiful city. You know, it's very clean. That's the Mm. one thing I've also noticed ever Mm. since moving to Toronto, no shade. (laughs) But yes, it's very clean and it's a government city. So a lot of people that live there, um, they have government jobs. Mm. You know, a lot of my friends after undergrad, they went into straight into the government. Mm. Um, and it's something common that, you know, you do when you live in Ottawa. Career-wise, I would say that if you're into policy, if you're into politics, um, anything associated with the government, then Ottawa is the place to be, mm-hmm. you know. But in terms of, um, I would say, like, maybe even entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. um, business, things like that, mm-hmm. I would say that Ottawa is limiting for sure. Mm-hmm. So it just, yeah, it just definitely depends, you know, what you're into, Mm -hmm. but in terms of, you know, the city life and everything and just like the standard of living, Ottawa is great. It's yeah, it's great. And if you speak French too, you'll Mm -hmm. get by just perfectly fine (laughs) because it's a, it's a bilingual city. So a lot of people that live there, they will speak French and English. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah. Moving on to Toronto now. So I do live in Mississauga, so it's, in, in the GTA area, but it's not downtown Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, Toronto's interesting. <laughs> I feel like you have a lot to say. <laughs> no. So the thing is, I actually love it here. 
I do. And I can see myself living here for a long time. Probably not downtown though. Downtown is too much for me. Yeah, it's overwhelming. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. But anywhere in like the GTA area, the outskirts, um, I could see myself living. Just because um, I do like big cities because there's a lot more things to do and there's a lot more opportunities, you know. Yeah. And so that's the one thing I do like about it. Yeah. Um, the one thing I really noticed is that the pace of life here is on steroids <laughs> compared to Ottawa. Like, actually, so it's on mega steroids compared to Halifax. And then it's on steroids <laughs> compared to Ottawa. Because yeah. Halifax way of living, what I find is that everyone is just comfortable. Yeah. You know, like people are just, you know, they have their job, their nine to five, they have their their um their house in the country mm-hmm. and everyone is just just comfortable with life which is not a bad thing at all like mm-hmm. i am not hating like that's amazing you know it's an amazing way to live mm-hmm. um ottawa is a step a little above where yeah. everyone is is comfortable but they're also trying to like grind and mm-hmm. go to the next thing toronto everyone's on the grind <laughs> like everyone is trying to be the next something yeah. you know even like going from a lab in ottawa to the lab in toronto mm-hmm. yeah i was looking at the way people work i was like well, i need to step it up <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so it, it definitely challenges me and it motivates me which is why i like it mm-hmm. um it's also expensive over here, mm-hmm. like hella expensive. Yeah, so, especially coming from, again, Halifax and then Ottawa. You almost described just the incremental increase of oh the cost goodness. of living. Oh my goodness. Yeah, like rent is crazy here. That's mm-hmm. another story for another day. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I, I do like Toronto. It's a great city. Um, a lot of things to do, a lot of opportunities. And yeah. You mentioned the four schools, three or four schools that are here in Halifax. And Mm -hmm. there are a few more bigger schools in Ottawa as compared to Halifax. And then Toronto, you just have like this massive expansion of possibilities. Because one university has these massive standalone branches where U of T, it's not just U of T St. George, it's Mississauga, it's Scarborough. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's so many different places where you can go and science is obviously one of their priorities. So exactly. I think you found a, a good home for the next little while. Oh, yes, definitely. I love it here. Yeah. Do you have an idea of what's next for you in terms of your professional path? Um, To be honest, I change every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes I think academia will be a great path for me. And, mm. you know, I love teaching. I love you know, I have a curious mind and I feel like in academia, you kind of have the freedom to follow your your curiosity yeah. in terms of research, right? But then at the same time, I look at my bank account, <laughs> I'm like, industry is calling me. <laughs> yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. And even, you know, um, even like, like I said, there with um, the skills that you learned in PhD, there's... Mm-hmm endless possibilities of things that you can do. So Mm -hmm. I've even been exploring, you know, other avenues where I can use these skills that aren't directly at the lab bench. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not doing research at the lab bench, but um, Mm -hmm. I'm using these skills to either communicate to other, you know, professionals and different kind of um, occupations like that. So yeah, I'm just just trying to kind of find where I would fit, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of my interests and the things I like doing and the skill set that I have. So yeah, um, TBD. 
that's, that's a perfectly acceptable answer. <laughs> yeah. One of the questions that I really love asking my guests has to do with finding joy in things outside of work as well. And I'm wondering if you'd be willing to share something that brings you a lot of joy that's not necessarily at the lab bench or at your computer, but mm-hmm. something that just makes you go, I look forward to doing this when I finish up in the lab at 5.30 today. <laughs> yeah. For me, it would be with hanging out with friends. Like I, yeah, like I really enjoy um, people's company, you know, Mm -hmm. even though I claim to be an introvert and I love, you know, spending time with myself. Mm -hmm. I also do like love sitting down with people and having good conversations, you know? Um, And I think the reason why I really value hanging out with friends is because during my PhD, like Mm -hmm. you're just constantly working Mm -hmm. and a lot of things like, you know, I couldn't go to because I was busy in the lab. I missed events and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So you know, now when I have time, like I really try to catch up with, you know, some of the friends I have, I hang out with them and doing fun things. And, um, yeah, I just like doing random adventures, you know, like going bike riding to a random place or trying out a new, like a new hobby or something like that. So yeah, I just like to have fun Mm -hmm. and just try new things. One of the things that I've learned about you over the last little while that we've been speaking is kind of how good you are at the pivot. Like, okay, this isn't really working. Let's pivot and still find a lot of like promise in this path. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering for my last question of the day, if you would grace me with your words of wisdom to someone who's at the precipice of that pivot. Like, mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know what's coming next, but all I have to do is remember this. Yeah, so that's actually very interesting that you said that because um, that's something that I I really um, like emphasizing that don't be afraid to pivot, mm-hmm. you know, and that just because, you know, maybe you had one idea in mind and it didn't go your way doesn't mean that, you know, you're going towards failure. Yeah. And if you're in research, I'm sure you've had to pivot countless amount of times. You know, you do a you do an experiment. It doesn't work out. You have to now reevaluate, mm-hmm. you know, so that's kind of the constant theme in research. Um, but so one thing I would say about pivoting would just be to, um, don't be afraid to try something different, you know, or to do something that's not ideal or it wasn't in your plans Mm -hmm. because sometimes our plans don't work out, which is completely fine because like in my story, you know, I wanted to be a dentist, but now that I look back, I don't want to be a dentist. Like I'm very content with the path that I took and that was from a pivot. You know, so sometimes, you know, we think that we know what we want and we think that we know what the next step is for us and we have our life all planned out, but sometimes it's not like we plan, which is completely okay. Yeah, that's a perfect way to end our conversation here today. Thank you so much, Dr. Ampaw, for gracing me with your words of wisdom and honestly for sharing your story so authentically and candidly. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And thank you so much for having me. This is great.